I have loved storytelling for as long as I can remember. There's just something about hearing of one's life that can really encourage, inspire, and resonate with one. We all have a story, and this is a platform to share them. Welcome to With Priscilla, where I have authentic and candid conversations with friends, hearing their story, the good, the bad, and the glory. So join me. Hi, everyone. Happy late Thanksgiving and early Merry Christmas. Today is going to be a little different. I have my husband, Jimmy, on. Hello. And we're currently sitting in our family room um, with our two dogs. So you may hear them drinking water or walking around, but that's how it's going to be today. So today is going to be a little bit of everything, but mainly about us because I haven't done that. And you're just going to hear us talk and hear about each other. We just celebrated our 10th anniversary, which fell on Thanksgiving. Do you want to share how we met? I think the first time we met was, let me guess the year, maybe nineteen nine, maybe 1998, I would think. Maybe it was the summer of 1998. Um, J Street, Chula Vista. It was the 4th of July at a fireworks uh, show that they had at the time. Not sure if they still have it, but at the time we we didn't we didn't know each other. But I went with my cousin who also went to your school, Bonita High School, and you know we all went together. And um, I went separately. In. I went yeah. with my best friend at the time, Marissa, and her family. And you went with your cousin Thomas, Tom, and his fam or your family. Yeah, my mom's side. Yeah, and. So it was already late in the evening. Fireworks are getting ready to start. I think that's how late it was. Yeah, it was definitely dark. Yeah. And my friends decided to walk around, which is typical teenage. I just graduated from high school, um, about to turn 18, and walking around. And then we spotted, or I don't know, one or the other. Tom spotted us. We spotted them, or him. And then we just kind of just started talking more at the girls, I think, and your cousins. And then that was it. But I don't I don't remember meeting you that night. It was too dark. Yeah, we, we saw each other. I don't know if we met each other, but we saw each other. And my cousin introduced us or, you know, to me, to all of your friends. But I think that was the first time that, yeah. yeah. And then I kind of asked questions and I had my, my cousin um, do the, <laughs> do the hookup. <laughs> Which, yeah, that was funny because I didn't give my number out, but apparently your cousin had my number and shared it. <laughs> so that was that. But we just stayed friends mm. throughout all of the years. I don't even know how we stayed in contact. I think I remember us. It was probably the beginning of uh, social media at the time. No, I think I think it was. I want to say it was through email. Maybe, maybe email. I think I think it was through email because Facebook was, <laughs> or MySpace. MySpace. Yeah, MySpace was not even around back then. Um, yeah, so it had to have been. 
and then phones were kind of barely becoming more yeah. of like a normal thing that everybody yes. had. Yeah. So it had to have been through email, I'm assuming. That's the only thing. Possibly pagers. I didn't have a pager. I got a pager. (laughs) I didn't have one. So I don't know. I think it was through emails, but it was just generic type stuff, I'm assuming. Yeah. And then as years went on, I hit like 21, 22. And then my life went drastically. I entered adulthood with getting married, having Cassandra. And then I didn't talk to any friends, not even my closest friends. So I definitely didn't talk to you, I'm assuming. Because um, I just I just went, I became a hermit. And then I think it was around MySpace, Facebook era that i think i think it was probably a generational thing where everybody around our age kind of just reconnected yeah right yeah i think i think social media helped with that um to connect to see what everybody was doing everybody started following each other Mm -hmm. you started connecting with people you haven't seen in a while Mm -hmm. so that's kind of what i recall yeah i think yeah, I think that it was like no more chat rooms or emails or AOL. Yeah, it was more social media, and but back then it was just more of like seeing what you're doing type of thing. I think that's yeah. how social media was. It was like this is what I'm doing right now, yeah, or what I did yesterday, yeah. Um, but I think we reconnected through social media. I don't know if it was MySpace or Facebook. I don't remember. It might have been a combination. Ultimately, of that, yeah. Texting probably at the time, and ultimately it was Facebook because I think everybody just reunited in the end on Facebook. Um, I do remember us seeing each other every now and then because I did start coming around, hanging out with friends, um, like my close friends, like. Memo, Veronica, Ernesto. I remember just little by little having a little bit of a life or choosing to. Um, and I think I remember seeing you. Did we go? I think we went to a movie. We saw that yeah, Blue Man. Avatar. Yeah. We were the only two people yeah. on earth who didn't see it. And we went and saw it. Yeah. But the funny thing is, is we met there, bought our own ticket, yeah. <laughs> sat there. And then that was it. And that was a long movie. We stood there. I didn't like. It wasn't the Titanic. Yeah, I didn't like the movie. I didn't know what the hype about it was. And then I think we both shared that with one another because I don't think you liked it either, right? I don't even remember. And then the blue people. Yeah, I I remember. I think I remember us saying like, "What was the deal? Like that wasn't even." Yeah. It wasn't even worth the whole hype. And then. We left individually and that was it. So I think that's kind of like painting the picture of how we were with each other. It was kind of like there, but like a friend, distant friend. We would say, hi, how's life? And then fade out, fade in, how's everything? At least that's my perspective. Yeah, I think that's how it was. It was like stop and go. Yeah. Intermittent. And then 
you started. So, Jimmy, what, what were you working in? You were working at child development. Was I? I don't. I don't remember where I was. I think I was already teaching. No, I started teaching in two thousand and ten. Well, no, but I was just sharing how you did a career change. Oh yeah, I was a social worker. Um, first I was a male secretary, then I was a social worker within the same company where I was there for about nine, 10 years. It was called CDA child development associates. And we used to help pay for childcare for low income families, um, mainly people on welfare. Um, so I was there for a long time. I think I transitioned out of there 2009. I probably left and then went into my student teaching in 2010. And then from that point, just, just yeah. teaching after that. Because I remember we had dinner and then because you had shared, I think it was on Facebook, because that's the only way I would have known that you were teaching. Yeah. And then I remember we ate at, um, what's that place called right here? Oh, Outback yeah. Steakhouse, which is great because it's steak has been part of our lives for. <laughs> was it? I'm not a fan, but a big fan. we went and. I, we just caught up. It was just friends, yeah. at least in my perspective. It was just me. Because I, you know, I have a lot of guy cousins. I had mm. a lot of guy friends. So to me, it was just like, oh, friend. Mm. Um, so we caught up. I remember asking you, how's teaching? How's that going? And that was that, I think, right? Yeah. I think that was the start of it, though. To yeah, me, to, it was when definitely we started the start. Seeing each other more consistently. Yeah, I think that was the start. Yeah, and then I was a single mom, Cassandra. I don't even she remember. Was probably like ten or eleven, possibly, maybe more like nine, eight. Yeah, she was at, at elementary school here nearby, and then, yeah, and then little by little, like you said, we just started seeing each other. I think texting more frequently and then i think because <laughs> you invited me to a baby shower <laughs> and i thought i always thought like that's kind of interesting and bizarre <laughs> oh yeah i remember <laughs> so th that kind of made me feel like what's going on why am i going to a baby shower i went granted i knew the girl so it made it a little bit more comfortable going it wasn't just a stranger, but still it was a baby shower. And then I think Valentine's came up and we went for dinner. And then I kind of just had that conversation with you. <laughs> I started that. And just because I wasn't a big dater and I was so content and comfortable, I guess, to be honest. and. Probably a mix of fear and not wanting to get hurt again and probably a little like, I don't want to say damage, but just, I guess, PTSD from a previous, from my daughter's father. So um, I think because of all of that, I, I was in such a good place and space that I... I was kind of like afraid to change that. But I did have that conversation with you because of that. And I was basically just saying, 
do you have any like what are your intentions yeah. yeah what are your intentions you know are we friends are we more than friends do you want to be more than friends i'm okay with being just friends but i want to know i have a daughter and i don't like wasting my time <laughs> i remember just going over all of that all of the things that were in my mind i was just kind of just it's kind of like that thinking out loud moment and i just blurted it all out and then do you remember your response probably when you know for me just thinking back it it was a good thing because you know i i was i didn't have a lot of consistency in my life at that time you know i was, I was searching i'm trying to remember the year i'm guessing it was around 2010 a little bit after because we ended up getting married in 2013 yeah. so it had to be around that area uh, it had to be after 2010, but I needed consistency. Um, you know, I was searching for, for a lot of things. You know, I had just got into the the teaching profession. Um, I probably had an apartment on my own, possibly at that time. You know, there was a lot of things that where I was starting to explore new things as far as my life, you know, living by myself, not at my parents, new profession that I just literally just got up and left a social a social work organization with a steady paycheck. And I ended up leaving to not get anything, you know, pretty much surviving on student loans and, and whatever they would give me at that student teaching um, experience. You know, I used to drink free coffee in the lounge every morning. Um, well, explain, but was, explain how a teacher starts because a lot of people probably don't know. So first year, so when you're, before so, you graduate, yeah before you graduate so for me i was just taking the classes right and then towards the end of your two years uh certificate program i was doing my master's at the time because i already had my bachelor's but i was doing my master's and with that master's it was a uh, um also my teaching um certificate or credential so i was doing that at the end of that two years you have to put in about six months time two semesters of just working for free um, as a student teacher. So you they, so basically being teacher being, for free, being a teacher for free, but also shadowing somebody. Mm -hmm. So you're in somebody else's classroom, somebody else's space, but they're taking you in as a mentor. So I did that for about three months with a first grade teacher in Smythe Elementary in San Isidro. And then I did a third grade, same school, San Isidro, Smythe Elementary. And I was able to get pretty much six months experience as a first grade and then also a third grade teacher but yeah it is it is working for free at that time and at that time i was 30 so 29 or 30 around there and then share the typical age that <laughs> of teachers like at your school well, nowadays i think they're starting to you know a little bit higher but you know usually they're, they're young people you know they're fresh out of college fresh out of college so that's like you 22 could, you could maybe home and and you know you don't have any bills yet but i was 30 so i had I had some bills you know i think i had not no actually during that time when i went into student teaching and i quit my job uh, took that leap of faith i ended up moving back with my parents and then so, didn't you have like you saved a ton i saved i tried but you know at the time it's not like it is now but um, I tried to save, but that kind of kept me afloat. And then also my parents helped me a lot, you know, just living with them. I didn't have to pay rent, um, things like that. So that that was a great help for sure. So then, yeah, so that's kind of painting the picture of you at that time, me at my time. I think yeah. I was just starting oh, yeah. to work at The Rock mm -hmm. in marketing. And I think that was it. Um, I I. I finally went back to school myself to finish my degree. 
which I didn't need, but it was just more of an accomplishment I wanted to check off. So that's kind of what we did, I think, in between getting married. Yeah. Right. So we had that. Those convers- are the years. It has to it has to be like 10, 2011, 2012. Yeah. Yeah. So on Valentine's after dinner, he's driving me home, which, by the way, I didn't allow anybody. Like if I did go on a date randomly with somebody, my mom would always get annoyed and frustrated because I chose to live with my parents because it was just me and my daughter and just for safety reasons, I felt more comfortable staying here with them. But because my daughter lived here, I didn't want anybody like some random guy knowing where I live and where my kid lives. So I always preferred to meet the guy, which again, it was few and far in between that I actually met somebody that I didn't know and went on a date because I wasn't a big dater. But Jimmy, since I knew him, I allowed him. So he was driving me home. I started that conversation with him. And you said something like, I don't want to quote you, but basically you said something like after I had, I kind of like threw everything at you. Like, what are your intentions? All of that stuff. You kind of said, well, I don't want to waste time. You and I know each other. We know each other. We've known each other for a while. I'm not here to play games and we're getting older. So I think we should like use something more of the long, the lines of like, uh, like to just date or yeah, not. Probably. No, no. You, I think you said something like skip dating and just be more like skip the whole getting to know yeah, each other. Cause we already, we already had a foundation, a little bit of foundation. Yeah. So it was a little bit more than a casual dating. It was more of yeah. just being committed to each other and then seeing where that went. But it, yeah. but it was, I think the foundation and the tone was more of like, this could be a little bit serious. Yeah. It wasn't just like, we're here to no, waste each other's time. Waste time. Yeah. So that was that. And then it led to, I think that was Valentine's. And then oh, yeah. was it, it was that year? And was it that year? in uh, Disneyland that you proposed? Oh yeah, December. 2nd. So we didn't even so we dated <laughs> December 2nd, I think, or December 1st. One of yeah. Those, one so of I'm a big Disneyland girl. If you're from Southern California, you grew up here, then most likely you're a Disney kid so much so that I would spend a week or weeks in Orange County and my cousin and I would just get dropped off or we would just drive as soon as we started driving and we would just hang out there from morning to night. But Jimmy hadn't, you hadn't been and since you were like a kid or yeah, something was, like that. Since I was a kid, I always, you know, I love Christmas as, as you He's a big know. Disney person. I love Christmas and Disney at the time. And, you know, you kind of merge both worlds and it was December, I think it was December 1st. So I think all their lights were already up, yeah. Christmas things. And so that I thought that made it more, you know, exciting for me. And it was something that I loved. And I think you had loved at the time. Yeah, as well. it was, so it was excitement it for perfect. me. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was my nostalgia thing that I did every year. And then here I am going with my boyfriend. So I thought, I felt like it's going to be a fun day. Unbeknownst to me, (laughs) you proposed and I said yes. And then after that, after the holidays, we just like got to planning and then we married 
the following year. November. And it was the only, because in wedding world, people will plan more than a year out. I think too, if you really want a certain venue, people will plan, I, I guess, as far as out as they can to get that venue. But, you know, and I didn't want, of course, we couldn't get married in spring too soon. Summer, too hot. Um, but I think we felt like fall, winter would be nice. And, and also I was off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We planned it. Teacher schedule. We plan a lot during his vacation time. And he had Thanksgiving week off, of course. So yeah. that was perfect. And I think we also felt it was perfect too, because naturally everybody else had it was the week before the break. Some time so. off, yeah. So I think we all felt together because we both have a ton of family in LA mm-hmm. and um, it kind of just worked out. Yeah. So the only day that was available was the Saturday before Thanksgiving, the 23rd, 23rd. Yeah. which was perfect. Mm-hmm. And it rained like crazy the, the night before. Yeah. I was kind of worried all of the vendors were Get calling one after the other urgently yeah. and they were and kind of, to them. <laughs> they were asking what our plan B was and I told them I had tents. <laughs> yeah. And the tents, mind you, what were they like? $10,000? No, not that much, but yeah, it was like a couple. It was grand. a lot because it was a specific dimension that fit the venue. Yeah. And we got married at the Darlington house and La Jolla. It was a beautiful, well, it's still there. Um, kind of like a Spanish European home. Um, so we got married the the day of our wedding. It was absolutely beautiful. It wasn't hot, it wasn't cold. And it was all in one place. Yeah. You know, nobody had to travel. It was perfect. hmm Um it did drizzle and then but it was nice. Like I remember people telling us it was still beautiful and it was more of like a mist, I would say, not a drizzle. And then the sky lit up super pinkish, like mm-hmm. warm pink. So I remember that. And then after that, I think given it's our 10th anniversary, you know, I think not to go into detail, but we had a lot of I feel like psychological world, they'll say environmental, they'll leave it as environmental, meaning like outside, not internal. We had a lot of outside um, things happening that kind of really shook us. Um, I won't, I'll just, you know, I'll leave it at that. And then, you know, things like I had a miscarriage that first year we were married and then my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer the same week I had a miscarriage. So, and then that was in addition to all of these outside things happening. Yeah, a lot of work stuff too at the time. Yeah, um, a lot of work pressure. There was a lot of changes going on at work. So it was a hard year. I mean, it really shook us to where I know that we kind of, and <laughs> like kind of took it out on one another a little bit, but it was just a lot of pressure coming from the outside and um, intentionally. 
then that kind of it was just like a ripple effect that whole year. But hindsight, you know, when you always look at the positive, I'm thankful. I don't like it. I still don't like what happened. And I'm not jumping up like, oh, that was wonderful. We got through that very, very tough year and we made it. <laughs> and which I'm thankful, you know. And more than anything, I think I'm just thankful for having God in our marriage and in our life, personally, individually, but also in our family, in our marriage, because I don't know how it would be if we didn't. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if we would have got through any of that without him, because there was everything that we... You know, every time we talked, every time we prayed before, it was always, you know, giving it all to him. You know, it's easier said than done. But, you know, I'm pretty good about letting that stuff and give to God. I learned that as, you know, I think the experience of jumping into a different profession, moving back to my parents and then trying to find and then getting married right away. And then us scheduling. It was just a lot. You know, so you get used to leaning on on faith and on God on for everything good and bad. You know, I think the the Christian life is battles full full of battles and blessings. Um, so you kind of get used to it. You know, you get used to that spirit either way. You know, um, but it's it's become a norm to just give it to Him, whatever it is, and it just makes it easier that you're able to navigate life day to day and in the midst of all the experiences especially for myself dealing with kids every single day you kind of have to be you have to check yourself at the door i used to tell my students that all the time because kids go through a lot because you say you know i don't know what's going on outside but you check yourself check whatever you have at the door and just come in and 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 have fun and that's kind of you know my philosophy the same thing you know i give it all to god and then we just go about our business and then talk about it later on but you know, definitely just giving it all to God. It kind of helped, helped a ton. And then in the midst of all of these 10 years, which kind of, it, it's like, and it amazes me that it's been 10 years because it really feels just like a couple of years. <laughs> uh, even though some, some of those seasons <laughs> were pretty hefty and long, but not because of you, just because of outside stuff. But, um, but in the midst of that, you became a principal. Mm -hmm. You went back to school. Yeah. You got your second master's. Yeah. And then you went back to get your, was it your leadership certificate? Or? Well, I had a clear, kind of like a teacher. When a teacher gets their credential, you're on probation, basically. And then you have to clear it. So you have a couple of years to clear it. So that means more money, mm -hmm. two more years of clearing it. So you have to take some classes. I think I did it through San Diego State. Right. Yeah. I did it through yeah. San Diego State as a principal. Um, so it was after I became a principal, assistant principal the first time. They give you a couple of years to clear that credential. So you have to go through a program. I chose San Diego State, went through it for two years with the cohort, uh, did a lot of work together, meetings. So, yeah, just two years of a which also mentorship. means you're being a you're working Working and doing that on the side. Yeah. So it's Basically, full time work. Yeah. And then, yeah, there was many times he was at the dining table while I was cooking dinner and he was, yeah, he was at, on Zoom doing classes, which was nice. You didn't have to physically yeah. go. That helped a ton. And it was geared toward working principles, obviously. So they didn't, they knew it was hard 
to leave the office and go to San Diego State, be there till nine o'clock, ten o'clock at Plus night. Plus traffic and Plus everything. Traffic and yeah. There's no way. Yeah. So, so yeah, definitely helpful. So you, those are you, some of your accomplishments, like the the more of the bigger ones, and then Cassandra just continued throughout school and is now a senior. So there's been a lot of blessings and a lot of milestones and a lot of growth throughout all of these 10 years, which has been kind of cool. Just, you know, kind of essentially growing together. And you started a whole new career during COVID. Yeah, I started. I, I left 20 plus years of marketing and PR into real estate, which is something that I've always loved um, and helped my parents doing. So that's been fun. And then growing this podcast, Mm -hmm. which has also been fun, a lot of learning because I'm a solo team. Well, now I have editors, which a little backstory, Jimmy is so encouraging. I'll give him any idea, which I give him a ton of ideas, a ton of things that, you know, just, can like just, two to three per week. I can just sit down and just think of not that I'm literally trying to think, but just ideas and stuff come to my head. So I always throw them against him and see what he says, but he's always positive and always supportive, always encouraging. And I know that I'll have his support no matter what. But I was very stubborn on not having an editor because I just didn't want to have that cost. But, you know, God completely, you know, provided that editor, an amazing editor. Um, I love them. It's a husband and wife. And that's been a super huge blessing. And then it was a huge blessing having his support. He even told me, like, just get it done. Get the editor because... You're not doing what you want to do. So I finally agreed to that. (laughs) I went forward. So that's kind of our main big milestones and growth marks. Um, I know you and I have definitely grown individually, but together, not individually like apart, but we've both grown a lot. I feel like more so the last few years. and so that's a blessing seeing that. And I don't know, is there anything else you want to share with that? No, I think it's true. I think it's you know, it's been a, a blink of an eye the the ten years. A lot of a lot of ups and downs, but at the end of the day we're we're still here. Yeah. Um, what would you say to a new newly married couple? Um, patience. Continue to follow your your dreams, your path, but then kind of do whatever you can kind of like you just said it you know you encourage each other to navigate that what does that look like at now as a as a unit as a married couple what does your individual dreams your path look like together how do you make time for each other because that's another one like making time for each other is very difficult you know early on we would have date nights on thursdays but then as a teacher it was a little bit easier but once I became an administrator, a principal, time tends to yeah, be Yeah, it's hard being a wife of a principal. And I and, and not only that, but it's like uh, I have a big school. I have 1,070 kids. Because it goes TK from... eighth grade. Yeah. 
and it feel like it, it consumes. It's a lot of time. I do have an assistant principal that I'm able to lean on, but it's a lot. Yeah. And especially the past two years. But again, you encouraged me because when I applied, I said, you know what? I want to come back home. I was in Lakeside my entire career. I want to come back home to San Which is Diego, an East Chil- County. Yeah, East County area. And I want to go back to either Chula Vista or Imperial Beach area. Chose a school I never heard of. Um, but, you know, through that experience, there's been a lot of connections to that school, even in the midst of our family and, and people here around. Yeah, the we were just at Home Goods earlier today and oh, yeah. I ran into my best friend, my best friend, Marissa, the one mm-hmm. I was with one... when we met. <laughs> so I That's we funny. ran into her older sister, Melissa, who's a teacher in Jimmy's school district. And oh, and by the way, my godmother retired from that school district she's really well known she does a, a lot, lot of, of our neighbors here now our neighbors we just found out unfortunately a, a principal he he was already retired though but he passed away of cancer but we went to our neighbor's birthday party across the street and there was a lot of our neighbors there and they all shared that they were retired teachers and they said that Pretty much our whole neighborhood <laughs> area is retired educators in some way. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, a lot of connections. It's, it's funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they're all from that district, too, of all districts. Yeah. So so that it's really neat seeing all of these dots. But yeah. Um, but yeah. Even going back to, you know, advice we would give, I, you can't forget yeah. about leading on Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's number one. With that, you know, you could do anything, you could sustain anything, you could go through anything, and it's going to be tough, but he's the only way. Yeah. And then I will share, during um, when we were engaged, we it was very important for me that we established that foundation more on the spiritual, biblical side, and we did... Um, Marriage, marriage, no, it wasn't counseling, but it was pre-marriage. Yeah, pre-marital counseling counseling, through um, the the Stevens and Karen and Mark Stevens. And that was was definitely beneficial. It was. It it made a lot of conversations I never would have thought of. It was like those hard conversations that you wouldn't have thought of to speak of, but for sure you would, you would have came across it after being married. But also those conversations that you know you should have and need to have, but don't want to have it, or you don't know how to start that conversation. Not only that, but from a biblical perspective. Exactly. Like having a, a biblical worldview, because you can have a worldly view, and it's going to be different mm-hmm. than what you know a Christian would think mm-hmm. or needs to see it you know, through a biblical lens. Mm-hmm. So it really opened my eyes in that, at that time, even though I was already... You know, I think I was already baptized and uh, had changed face at the time, but um, we drove all the way to L.A. Yeah, we would occasionally go to the specific church in um, L.A. Uh, and they were having a baptism night and he was like, I want to go get baptized. So him, me and Cassandra drove all the way up there and then saw him. He got baptized, which was awesome. Yeah, it was a great experience. And then my cousin, and then I think it was totally God that we went in addition because my cousin, my uncle was passing away. And 
she stop by after. Okay. Yeah, she asked me to stop by, and in my head, I was like, definitely. But then I was like, man, where in LA? Because something could be twenty minutes away, and it'll take an hour to get there. Mm-hmm. It was, we didn't even have to take the freeway. It was like was 15 like minutes the through the street, which I was, I was so shocked and I, that I was able to go over there. We got easy parking, went in there, prayed and, um, and then we left cause we had to drive back home. Yeah. But I just thought that it was, I mean, it was so sad because it was, you know, family member passing, but at the same time, it was just so beautiful and um, just 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 see how God allowed that to happen, and then mm-hmm. it was only fifteen minutes away through the streets. So that was cool. You know, we've had a lot of moments in our lives where we see God's presence like that, where He's able to use us to do things like that, or I don't know. Just to, we've had a lot of cool moments where we're like, "Man, that was cool. That was totally God." Yeah. Um. Or we didn't plan it. We didn't orchestrate it. We could never plan or orchestrate things like that to work out. But, um, oh, so <laughs> one thing that's, that stuck out forever um, was Karen and Mark Stevens shared. I think it was Mark Karen, our premarital um, coaches, which there was about eight of us, I think, eight couples. Yeah, around there. Yeah, eight or so couples who were either engaged and I think there was like one or two couples that were thinking about getting engaged because that class was several weeks long, but it was for couples who were engaged or considering it. They want to make sure that they're like compatible and all of that stuff, which I think is kind of cool. However, um, Karen shared that because she had some real moments of sharing their marriage and I guess it's more just to give us insight into the depth of marriage. But she said, you know, there's times where I love Mark, I but I just don't <laughs> like him at that time. And I and I've had my moments where I'm like, I just don't like Jimmy right now, but I love him. But this <laughs> one thing, I just don't like it. And it'll only be for like five minutes. You know, I'll have my little like pout moment, but I always think of Karen um, when I feel like that. Um, I like I, when uh, spiritual leaders share that because yeah. you you get used to hearing them on stage or something, and you think they're perfect, but you know they all go through the same thing. They're we're human, going through yeah, yeah. Even Greg Laurie, like listening to Greg Laurie and his wife and his wife is pretty raw sometimes and shares exactly (laughs) what so it's good to hear that because you don't want to project something that's not and give people false hopes but it's good and i remember mark's i think it was mark's he said that i'm here to break up your engagement (laughs) because (laughs) if you don't you can't get through this then you probably shouldn't get married yeah if you survive and then it i think the class i want to say shortened too didn't it condense to like four couples in the end or something like that I remember there's a few couples that didn't even make it towards the middle Possibly. of the class. I remember one lady said she wanted, she wanted a work schedule like mine or her husband trying a, to find a job at the time. Her husband, that. her husband's a teacher. She, and we're all in San Diego. She was from Temecula or Fallbrook, 
working in like, I think it was like a medical field type job. And so she said, hey guys, I'm looking for a job. If you see anything, please let me know. And we were like, okay, great. Where do you, what type of job? (laughs) The same type of like hospital medical. She goes, I want my vacation time to match his. And we all laughed. And (laughs) we said, well, I think all of us want that type of vacation. Uh, But also it was Jimmy, today's his last day of Thanksgiving break, but he worked three days out of this whole vacation. So I think there's like a misconception with principles that people just assume you guys just, as soon as it's the last day of school, it's also your last day of school. Yeah. No. Like as a teacher, when I used, I, I used to enjoy those breaks and I knew I had breaks, but as a principal, it's a little bit different because you're carrying the school. Yeah. You know, you're doing a lot to, you know, a lot of uh, foundational work, ongoing foundational work, because there's always twists and turns and policy and changes. So, you know, you got to add this. We're going to do this. We got to hit this goal. There's a lot. So there's always things that kind of interrupt those vacations. But I do miss those. But like, he also to just leave the classroom and I'm done. But you also like so you report what two or three weeks before school actually that, starts. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like baseball. It's like when like certain positions report. Yeah, pitchers and catchers. Yeah, they, get they report and then the rest kind of report like before spring training. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like like you're a pitcher. Yeah, just catcher. like the manager too. The managers and the coaches, they probably, right now, they're probably game planning. That's true because they need to figure out. Yeah, figure and, out who's going to be on the squad. Yeah. And for those who don't know, we're big Dodger fans, <laughs> which I think was kind of like an un official <laughs> saying that you're probably going to lose a few. No, no, no. Like for dating, I think that was like an unofficial pre- prerequisite. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyhow, we're big Dodger fans. So um, we try and go to as many games. Although I find as the old, even though we're in our early mid forties, I feel like we, mm-hmm. we've driven to LA a ton but lately, it's just getting a little bit more tiring. I feel like we don't have that. And when it's on the ride home, yeah, I feel yeah, like we're different. both, yeah, we're both <laughs> getting hit. I think moving those forward, in and out stops help. We definitely stop it in and out every time we come back home. I prefer the one in San Juan Capistrano, but there's times we've gone to other ones. Um, so for me, I think. I would recommend a newlywed to, or before they get married, to definitely go to premarital counseling if they can. And if not, after they get married, definitely, because I know they have something similar to premarital, but it's like a newlywed counseling type of thing, which I think is great um, because it definitely helps give you just principles and helps the foundation, but also I think it also helps lighten the load and not having these high expectations. Or I think some people have um, these thoughts and maybe they're not even aware of it, of these expectations or these feelings and thoughts of what is going to happen when they get married. Like when they get married, it's like, heavens are going to part and it's just going to be the, this most amazing life. And it is, but it's also it's work. Yeah. And it, and I think 
you have to have that knowledge and um, that heart and that just knowing that you're going to have to put in your work as well as he. So having that, um, that foundation before or after marriage is key. And also having a mentor. I know I've been looking for a mentor for a long time. Haven't found it. <laughs> um, but I know I want to, I need a mentor or just more of like, a, I don't want to say a life coach. Um, Cause that sounds like too motivational and I don't, I'm sounds not. Sounds too new age. Yeah. But more of just like a mentor because I feel like you're never old for a mentor because we're always growing. We're always students of life yeah. and marriage. Um, I mean, even just in school, I have a lot, like a lot of people that I um, follow, you know, within the school that give me a lot of advice. You have a lot of those, but you also need that, that Christian perspective. And I think that comes at church on Sundays, you know, a little bit, the small groups, the Bible studies, I think that helps. The small um, groups definitely because it's more intimate. Yeah. And you really get to know the people. And I feel like there is a sense of trust and yeah. um, comfortableness with each other that you're willing to share what's going on. Or maybe you don't have to share the details, but just whatever you share is enough, which I appreciate, you know? Yeah. But yeah, definitely have community have your people i know throughout our marriage we've had couples that we would see consistently date nights um which is always nice because it was kind of like a mini marriage retreat in a way that wasn't planned to be that way but we i know there's moments where we had talks of marriage and family and we benefited from those conversations with because a lot of those married couples happen to have been married longer than us so yeah. they're seasoned and i'm always about hearing from other people that are seasoned and whatever they're seasoned in so i feel like we've always in and out we've had people in our lives that definitely poured into us yeah. and i appreciate um i think we need to get better with those i think it's uh that consistency helps, but it, it is uh, another thing on the plate, no, but it's a good thing, but it just feels like there's, there's a lot that we try to implement, try to have, you know, you put the Bible studies on Thursdays, church on Sundays, the whole work week, trying to balance all of that. That's probably another piece of advice. Learning it's a to, huge piece because there's times on Thursdays where yeah, I'm tired. Yeah, he's tired. And, you know, but we stay committed because it's not all year long. Yeah. We have breaks. I think we have summers off. Um, yeah. We have a little. Which is like the best time for me. Yeah. So I could, you know, I would, you know, probably easier. It would be easier time. But we missed. We did, we went this last Thursday. The Tuesdays before we missed because he had school district meetings, which school ran super late. Yeah. But um, so when we can, we definitely go. Um, and there's times I feel tired. And I don't want to go, not because I don't want to see them, but just because I'm tired. But no, I, think, I always feel I think that helps me because you 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 make it a point to go 
in the midst of my tired. Now I found a way to actually make it a little bit easier. So I don't Cause he doesn't, before. he'll hold off eating dinner. Yeah. <laughs> cause I, cause that. When I eat and then I go over there, I fall asleep the entire time. But they always have treats and I always try and bake something for them. Anyhow, but I always feel, it's kind of like going to church. I always feel rejuvenated afterwards. I mean, I'm tired. I'm definitely ready for bed, but it's nice because, you know, you're with your people and you're with your community and your friends and, um, gets you out of the house for a little bit too. Yeah. And you're just, again, amongst others, other married couples and you always, um, it's always that same feeling of, okay, we're not alone. Yeah. You know, and I it like also gives you the opportunity to pray for people yeah. that are going through something, you know, yeah. pretty serious sometimes. Yeah. It gives them that, you know, you're helping others by yeah. just praying over them. Yeah. Community is definitely really big for us. We love community and like just being there for people and then vice versa. I mean, we never ask we just ask for prayer for certain things or health and stuff like that. But, um, but overall we just love the sense of community and being part of, um, lives and doing things, you know, doing life with people. That's definitely something, um, that we're about. Um, but yeah, I feel like an overall just, being open to change, being open to pivot when you need to pivot, praying. Praying is big. We pray. Just give it all to God before the day. I think that helps a lot. Yeah. You know, touching base on our family, our health, our finances, uh, praying for our dogs, for Cassie, for the home that, that he's given us, uh, our way to work, our on the way back to work, bring us, bring us back home safely. Yeah. Uh, in the midst of work, you know, uh, protect all the kids that we're uh, entrusted with and things like that. Real estate that you bless somebody else with a new home or whatever may be in that, in that arena. Mm-hmm. But it's always good to give that all to him in the morning. And then, y- you know, you're protected throughout. Yeah. Every morning, every night before, before we start our day and at night we pray. So that's, um, that's definitely something I also encourage, and it, it's not long. I mean, no, there's times quick. in the morning where he's running late <laughs> to a 30 second fly by prayer, but you know, it is what it is. And God knows our heart and knows. And plus you, know, you, you pray without ceasing because there's a lot of stuff yeah. that happens throughout the day. And you're just like, oh, you need prayer. Yeah. That's the only way. Yeah. So definitely being prayed, prayed up and Praying throughout the day too. I know there's many times where I'm working or cleaning or whatever I'm doing and I'll just be talking to God and I'll be specific my prayers or there's times where I don't even know what to say and I'll just say the person's name, like if it's for healing or whatever it is uh, or someone's going through something, I'll just say, you know, I don't even know where to start, but just give them comfort and peace. So prayers definitely huge as well and is there anything else you want to add i was trying to think but i think that's the main one i think if if you just focus on that i think those principles you know following you know your own path but at the same time learning how to merge it praying before everything 
I think if you pray before anything, it's you've already given everything to God. So from that point, just stay in tune with him, stay in your stay in that lane and and you'll just kind of watch how God works. And especially when you just give everything to him, you know, you still work hard. You still do your, you know, you hustle, you put your best effort, you know, you become the the best version of yourself. And I think that's only with God. But once you give it to him, he's just going to hold you. He's going to sustain you. No matter what decisions, right or wrong, that you think at the time, you know, he, he has you. And I think as a couple, if you both do it and you're both aligned, you know, you, you can't go wrong. Even in those moments where you feel it did go wrong, you'll see later on that, you know, that that was his purpose. Yeah. And then, you know, because we know each other so well now, um, even more so, you know, like, because Jimmy's a principal. So now I'm now as a wife and because I am who I am, my, I think just my DNA, I'm like, okay, what's next? And so I'm saying he's going to be a superintendent <laughs> or something along that nature and leadership. And I'm telling him, okay, start seeing, you know, what do you have to go back to school? What do you need to get to become A, B or C? So I feel also as far as like being a partner, a wife, a spouse, I feel like definitely challenging growth um, with your husband is definitely key just to have them. I mean, even vice versa, like with me, both sides. Yeah, Yeah. of course. But like for me, I'm speaking as myself, you know, I definitely challenge him in a good way Mm -hmm. in growth because I know he's not an idle person as far as like staying still. And because I do see that in him. So I encourage that. And I, I guess, start dropping seeds, I guess, more or less dropping seeds and, um, and just showing him what I see. So I think that's another big thing as far as marriage and relationship is challenging your spouse, your significant other to um, make those big steps. Just like your old assistant principal, he applied to be a principal, which he ended up becoming, Mm -hmm. but his wife also (laughs) encouraged and pushed him to go for that role. So I felt- Yeah, and I I dropped that seed on him because he was, you know, because I remember my principal when I was an assistant principal, he dropped, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't Christian or anything. He's not a believer, but at the same time, he dropped a seed in my but life. He was a said, bit more firm. Yeah, like, like, you're like, only here for you, two you're years. Only here for two years. Usually yeah. an assistant principal is only here for two years. If you're here longer than that, there's something wrong. And that's exactly <laughs> what he told me. So that was a, a gen- gentle nudge as to, okay, what's next? But at that time, I knew that was my next step. Yeah. It was, I was scared of it because being in charge of a school is, you know, it's scary when you thought about it at the time. Right now, it's become my norm. But, you know, at the time, it was like, man, how could I, how am I going to do all that? And then going into a school with over a thousand kids and I never yeah, had Yeah, you were that. hesitant. I never had that. I had a, when I was a teacher, we had 300 kids. When I was a vice principal, we had about 600, 700 kids. So being in charge of a thousand, yeah. you know, okay. You know, God We'll really, share the typical age, or not age amount, student count 
at other schools? Like, what's your... Probably like 300, 300, yeah. 400, 500 tops. So 1,000 is a yeah, lot because you're doing a middle school, Especially elementary. now, there's a lot of declining enrollment across the state, most likely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a lot of kids. It's a lot of families, a lot of parents, and a lot of teachers, too, a lot of staff. And it's a, it's a lot of a huge responsibility. But I think that it goes back to even just having that foundation that those biblical principles helps you know it's not taught in schools but if you have that it just makes it more sustainable and he he guides you as you're making all these decisions because you don't want to make the uh, selfish decision you say okay give it to god and i'm about to make this big decision you know i need you you know is this the route and he'll show you yeah definitely um that's another thing i guess another trait of our marriage of um our character of our marriage is that we definitely seek prayer and his guidance and all things which definitely helps us with a lot of big decisions that we make whether it's like buying or selling a home or going back to school so you can be a principal or like now it's just figuring out like what's next for you yeah that's you know that's probably an area that i need to get better at is is asking for prayer because I don't know what's next, but I know it's going to be good and it's going to be bigger probably, hopefully, but just to start navigating, because not only have you dropped that seed, there's been other people, even my own vice principal that I had in the past, he's dropped that seed. What's next? And so he dropped it right back on me as I dropped it on him. So yeah, I don't know what's next, but you know, I I know it's going to be good. So definitely keep in prayer. I've considered starting our own school. So there's lots of ideas um that we've been kind of casually not consistently not seriously well kind of serious but more of ideas just throwing it out there but um so i think that's it (laughs) (laughs) so that's 10 years of marriage for us years and how many minutes do we do (laughs) 10 years and (laughs) a few days i think that's it. That's it. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening. And let us know if you liked this episode. And if you want to hear more of Jimmy with me, maybe it can be like a once a month thing. It's very hard to get him. I've been wanting to do this episode for quite some time. But as we just shared, he has a very busy schedule and he comes home Even if he comes home regularly or late, he's tired. So I just don't want to bug. Okay, that was our dog. dog. He's he's had enough. Yeah. But (laughs) let us know if you want this to be more of a consistent thing. Um, We can definitely do like different topics or and a little bit more about us. But yeah, let us know and... Be sure to follow the podcast, like, subscribe, give us some five stars. Um, Because the more you do, yeah, the more you do, the more it gets shared. And then, yeah, share the, there's a little arrow to share. And you could share that by texting, emailing to anybody because iPhones, smartphones are super easy nowadays to do that. But thank you for spending an hour and 42 seconds with us. Oh, wow. And I hope that you take away something from this episode. 
And if anything, I hope you just um, learned more about us, about me and our heart and yeah. And then keep our marriage in prayer. Not that it's like, not, I'm not trying to say negatively, but no, we always, we always, we always, it's good. We all need prayer. Yeah. And if you guys need prayer, by all means, um, email me. I have an actual email for the podcast. It's with Pris. So W I T H P R I S at Gmail. So if you have any prayer requests, please email me and you could put in the subject line prayer request. Um, if there's anybody that you think would be great to have on as a guest, please also email me that as well. Um, I'm always open and I'll be interviewing um, a friend on Friday and I have a couple other episodes coming down the pipeline from other people that I'm interviewing. So lots of great things happening, but thank you again for spending the time with us and listening to our dogs. Have a great night and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening and joining me. I hope you found something of value in this episode. Be sure to like and subscribe so you never miss out. Until next time, I hope you have the most beautiful day. God bless.